0: On this episode of Take Talks Business, I speak with Lois Weinblatt, coach, facilitator, speaker, and owner of True North Visionaries. Lois, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Take Talks Business. So can you give our listeners a little bit of your professional history and kind of how that led to uh, True North Visionaries?
1: Absolutely. So I started off... Um, you know, my first business was, you know, the lemonade stand back, back that, that was really my first entrepreneurial <laughs> venture. But after that, I worked in hospitality and then I worked in sales and then um, it was really time for me to kind of start my own business. Yeah. So all of that gave me incredible background for what I do now, but it was, it was sort of a quick path to when I, when I started my own thing. Nice.
0: So, so you bring up the lemonade stand, so you, you really did kind of jump into the entrepreneur business spirit quickly then. Um, so was it that you needed to kind of figure out okay what's gonna be the passion that's gonna make this an entrepreneur career for me or did you also kind of have in the back of your mind okay yeah I think that's kind of the focus
1: for me it was really after learning so much about vision and what I focus on now I ended up working in other organizations and I ended up quitting all of them because they didn't have enough vision I, Ah. I got to the point where I was I, I had worked at this incredible organization where I'm from in Ann Arbor, Michigan called Zingerman's. Okay. And that's where I really learned about it. And they have, that is such a part of their organizational philosophy that uh. when I went into any other company, I would be like pleading, like what is the vision? <laughs> where is this thing headed? Where are we going? Where are we gonna be in a few years? Yeah. And no one could ever tell me. Wow. And I would try to instill it or try to figure it out. And it just, they kept being like, can you just do your job? And I'm like, can you, no, I need to know the vision because that's gonna change how I do my job. Wow. So. I got to the point where I knew that that it was time for me to to take it on take it my own way. But throughout, gotcha. since you know, from the beginning when I learned about vision, that was the common thread through every organization and company that I worked with. Yeah, um, and I actually was living abroad when I had my first client, so oh, okay. I wove it into career here in the U.S. and then I wove it into what I was doing overseas and then I had my first client uh, in Spain and then when I decided to move back to the U.S. I really got it going.
0: Wow so and and just so that those that are listening understand um, what what are the services that you provide um, and and are there particular types of businesses you work with or you can you work with both individuals and businesses I mean kind of walk us through that process
1: definitely and that that really evolved with the the evolution of my business as well so i started yeah. off just doing one-on-one with leaders ah, ceos okay. executive directors um, founders of companies co-founders gotcha. just doing that and then i had an organization um who said we don't really know exactly what you do still but can you come <laughs> do it for our top executive directors uh, and they were a franchise organization so i absolutely so i said okay, I guess it's time for me to turn this into a workshop. So turned it into a workshop and then um, from there that franchise asked me to go over to India and present that same workshop to all their executive directors in India. And then those executive directors had other connections so I ended up going back to India several times. Um, and ended up going around and um, and this, this organization's BNI, which many oh, of the yeah. listeners might be okay. familiar with Business Network yep. International. And so then I ended up going and it's a franchise, like I was saying, with different ah, regions, okay. different executive directors own different regions. So I went all over the world working with different executive directors and uh, wow. their teams. So essentially I work with individual leaders on really clarifying their vision for their next chapter. So whether gotcha. that's a three-year vision or a five-year vision, we really... Don't you know? So many people think, oh, we're talking about my, my vision, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna start by talking about my future. Yeah. But that's, that's actually the very last part of the process. We sort of say, yeah. before we can even think about where you're going, we have to understand how you got to where you are. Really take stock of where you are now. Gotcha. Only then can we really peel back enough layers to know where you're going. And only then can we work backwards, figure out the roadmap to gotcha. get there. And then of course we recalibrate along the way. Gotcha. So I take individual leaders through that process. And then I also work with organizations to where they're really focused on retention. They're really focused on gro- the growth and development and leadership of their people, okay. and they really want to find more opportunities for them to have an understanding of what their career path is, other than just you know I've done my annual review. This is my the next job title I'm looking for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'll go in and bring workshops into organizations, and I also work with leadership teams. Where they're saying, you know, we maybe we weren't able to do our retreat this year because of the pandemic, but we really want to bring everyone together and and get that shared understanding of where we're headed. So it is that individual level. I work with organizations on on their vision um, and then organizations that really have their vision in place, but part of that vision is the growth and the leadership development of their top talent. They'll bring me in to bring workshops, to bring sessions to their team. Gotcha. And then I, I host my own workshops as well. Yeah.
0: So, uh, typically, or I would assume, and again, this is just purely on assumption, that if you've gotten far enough into the process that the president or the CEO or the vice president of human resources has kind of gotten you to the point where, okay, we know we're going to do this, they're typically on board because obviously you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't. Um, but how how do you manage the rest of the team because I know in a lot of cases I mean I've been pretty lucky for the most part that when when I've been with organizations that have done this I mean the large majority of people are typically on board but there's always going to be kind of that question of, I mean, come on, do we really need this? I mean, if I'm on the sales team, I'm giving up an entire day's worth of sales so I can sit here and have somebody tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. So, how do you manage through those dynamics, knowing that it can be as small as a few people, but as big as a, a whole company?
1: Definitely. And this, it's, it's, it's funny you ask because you're absolutely right. Every organization has their own dynamic. So yeah. one of the things for sure is that for me to go in and work with an organization the leadership you know the top leadership yeah. 100% has to be on board if they have any question in their mind I will be the first to tell them this does not make <laughs> sense because it's it's just not going to end up working yeah. so I'm I'm, not, I'm yeah. not your gal if you're not completely sold the the process is so intensive yeah. that I say we can't really waste any time kind of dragging people along so yeah. if no if not everyone's on board that's completely okay but it's not going to be the right time it's not going to be the right yeah. right way to go so I'll give you a specific example from an organization I'm working with in San Diego where I used to live. They, you know, again, like you said, the two, um, the one of the co-founders completely, totally gets this stuff absolutely on board. The, the head of Culture and People, completely on board. The brother, who's the co-founder, was super analytical.
0: So, you know, his, his
1: brother's the visionary, he's the implementer, and he's thinking, of course I'm gonna be in with this. My brother thinks this yeah. is really important, but, I mean, exactly, come on, do we really need to spend all this time? Yeah. Do we really need to go down all this? Down all, you know, I don't wanna go down any rabbit holes, I don't wanna get into any woo-woo emotional <laughs> stuff, I definitely don't wanna touch any of that. <laughs> and then another person on their team um, again, was very, he kind of prides himself on not liking other people. So he, he's incredible what he does, ah. but that's kind of his his you know yeah. MO within the organization that people yeah. know, like you just kind of let him do his thing and don't really try to bring him into this stuff. <laughs> so they were asking me the exact same question. Yeah. And I said, you know, the process is all about doing. It's not like I'm sitting up there and talking at them. It's like we are just from moment one kind of just digging right in there. Yeah. And so it's really all about letting that those people know, hey, this is your opportunity to have a voice in the future of the company. Yeah. And honestly, like if you don't want to have a voice or you don't care, yeah. maybe it doesn't make sense for you to be at this table, but just know that we will be creating the future of the company and it's going to you're going to have to align with that. So, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of also letting the people in the room know that we do have to have the right people in that room.
0: Yeah.
1: But the other thing that's really important about again kind of who's in the room is, you know, this organization and many other organizations I've worked with say you know, this is also kind of a risk for us because typically it's always been kind of that pyramid of the you know, top, the CEO and the a, uh, a very small group or just two co-founders get together. They kind of create the plan of the strategy for the next year or a few years, then they roll it out to the leadership team and then they cascade it out. Yeah. And my model is totally flipped. So we actually bring everyone into the organization, into the process at the very beginning and then we sort of go down to smaller levels to really filter and distill everything we've brought to the surface. Gotcha. And so it, it creates such a different level of engagement and one of the CEOs i worked with, he, he calls it having, giving everyone the chance to have fingerprints on the vision. Yeah. And of course, not everything that comes to the surface is gonna make the vision, yeah. but everyone knows at least they had that chance for their voice to be heard. That's so much. I think the other piece too is that, um, you know, the process that I've developed, it appeals, I have a lot of clients who have an engineering background and they love it because it's step, <laughs> by step it it takes this thing that can feel very nebulous and like this concept of like what does vision even mean and turn it into this very very methodical process that where every single piece of it sort of leads to that conclusion of where we're headed nice and then the other thing I think was, um, again, from this company that I worked with recently, you know, at the end, of course, everyone's kind of sharing their takeaways and saying, you know, we've done this, I've done this in past companies and it was a disaster, or we've tried <laughs> this before and it just gathers dust, or, uh-huh. you know, we talk in circles and nothing gets done, and this was was, was totally different. Yeah. But also they said, you know, we, we didn't realize how much of a bonding experience it would be. And of course, uh, I know yeah. that. I know that's kind of a hidden element, but yeah. again, you don't necessarily say that all the time because not everyone wants to yeah. feel like, oh, we're going to be singing Kumbaya here? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Timo? Uh-huh. So it ends up being that experience where people really get to have conversations that they literally aren't having in any other way. Even when yeah. they're having their strategic meetings or having those conversations at the leadership team or you know executive committee level, the types of conversations that we have when we're really thinking about that long-term vision are at a different level and really framed in a very different way. So it also yeah. gets them to, think about and talk about things in a way that they don't normally have a chance to. Yeah. And if you're talking with really high caliber leaders, they love that. They sink their teeth into that. Yeah. And it really gives them a chance to have some really important debates, have some really challenging conversations, mm-hmm. right? bring things to the surface that they've been kind of maybe kicking down the road a little bit, kicking the can, kicking the can, kicking the can and now it's like,
0: yeah.
1: it's time, yeah. it's time.
0: You talk about working um, overseas and I'm curious do you find that there's a different dynamic when you're working with individuals from different regions, different countries?
1: You know, I think the idea of the methodology that I've kind of developed is really that it, it does transcend that in a sense yeah. that it is, ultimately it's a very human process to recognize you know, how we got here, where we are now, where we're going, yeah. and then creating the roadmap. At the same time, there are definitely differences that I've seen. So when I have done my, you know, visioning workshops in India versus in Australia versus oh, in yeah. Birmingham, Alabama, where I used to live, versus in Canada, <laughs> you know, versus over in Thailand versus the UK. Uh, it's, it's just such a different um, approach in the sense that you really start to see patterns of what people in that area, what matters most to them. Okay. So that's one of the things there are certain topics where you're in, in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, there're certain things that come up in just about everyone's vision if I have 15 different leaders who've never met each other before. Yeah. You know, there a lot of times there are those same kinds of themes because that's sort of what is important and and you see that reflected in a lot of the community. And then yeah. you go to a, you know a different area in Australia. Of course, there's just a lot more swearing. <laughs> the Aussies Aussies are incredible with their vocabulary. Um, but you know a different there's a different set of things that I find those patterns or It's a different set of patterns that I see rising to the surface with what's really most important to people there. So yeah. you know in one way it does. It's very transcendent. On the other hand, there are definitely some of those regional and and global differences that I see. Gotcha. But. You know, I, I also had the chance when I was over uh, in India to go to a, a school and to do some work with young kids and really oh, do okay. some mini visioning sessions. And you know, at, at the end of the day, it really is that idea that if you give people this tool
0: yeah.
1: and you really help them again, take this concept that sounds so fluffy and you, no one really knows how to wrap their arms around it or how to do it or what it even means. And yeah. you turn it into something that really Makes sense. Then, whether it's a 12-year-old kid, you know, or an executive of a company, once they finally kind of see it in a different way, yeah. then they take that. They have that internal compass, you know, for themselves, for their organizations, and then they always, always have that in their back pocket. They can sort of always take out that compass to help them navigate. Gotcha. So it is. It's it's been totally fascinating. But again. Um, you know, at the end of the day part of my own vision talks about you know no matter how many times i do my workshops no matter what no matter where it is when people stand up at the end of the day and they read their vision out loud for the first time it's just it never ceases to amaze me That's so while cool. some of the themes may be different you know it's really seeing people go through that transformation i think another piece of that as well is that you know like you mentioned kind of jokingly that idea of like is someone just going to stand here and talk tell me how to do my job or whatever all day <laughs> which again i i definitely hear that and i've been in companies where that is the experience of bringing people in, is they just think suddenly they know how to run your company. But I yeah. always say to people, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know how to run your life. I don't know how to run your business. I don't know what your vision is. I'm here to really draw it out. Yeah. And so it ends up being, they're gonna fill it with all the things that are sort of already within them. And so those cultural things can really come to the surface yeah. and I'm really there to put a process around it.
0: You're your own business, you're your own business owner, um, which basically means you're doing you're actually doing the work itself, but you're also the, the company sales rep, you're the company CFO, you're the HR director, though you only have the one person to deal with. Um, from that standpoint, like, were you prepared to be that business owner? I mean, or were there any kind of lessons learned along the way that you kind of went, okay, I kind of thought I had the idea, but, but this isn't quite what I expected?
1: Oh, 100% <laughs> lessons learned along the way. When I started, it was very much that, this is what I'm on the, This, I mean, truly, truly, this is what I know that I'm on the earth to do. Yeah. This, I, I have no choice. This is, this is what I'm on the earth to do, so this is, this is yeah. what I'm here to do. I um, mean, you know, times when I thought of giving up in the past and thought like, gosh, should I just get a job? And I'm like, no, this is <laughs> what I'm here to do. I, I just gotta figure it out. So anyway, um, I, One of the biggest lessons learned, and something that I would recommend time and time again, and I, I sort of talk about it all the time to people, and hopefully listeners um, of your podcast, if this resonates with them, they they will jump on Amazon and they will get the book Profit First by Mike uh-huh. Michalowicz. It has okay. absolutely changed the way that I look at finances. A lot of the visionaries that I've worked with, who I recommended they read it, then that became a part of their vision. Is is their you know it's a vision is multifaceted. It's not. Yeah just professional it's if it's an individual leader it's personal professional financial spiritual if that resonates with them and, and relational and so for the financial growth section of their vision you know we can really think about what it's gonna look like but then again you got to work backwards and figure out how the heck you're gonna get there yeah and so a lot of them that I've introduced to profit first have really latched onto to that is that, that is the way that they're gonna get there gotcha. and so it just brings a level of part of my own vision which is so my current vision is a five year vision for June first, twenty twenty two. So gotcha. okay. you know, when I say when I say vision, I mean that definition of success at a specific point in the future. Yeah. And is it's literally of that day, you know, of that month of that year. Nice. And so Part of my vision is that, you know, it says, the line right in there, I'm really damn proud of the way I manage my money. <laughs> and I wasn't for a long time. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, you know, but it talks about seeking out mentors and really, you know, seeking out resources to help me because I knew that I was gonna need that. Yeah. And I would say that book has made a huge impact. So that, That's um, great. another big thing that I think I learned was the difference between delegation and abdication. Ah. So, you know, many people might have heard of Upwork or Fiverr or other, you know, platforms that allow you to connect with freelancers around the world. And, and I love working with people around the world. That's something that I find so enriching in yeah. so many ways. Just so amazing to be able to connect with people all over and not just have to stay in a, in a little bubble. Yeah. So I really gravitated towards those. But you know, when I brought on my first VA or brought on marketing people, I just kind of was like okay cool thank you so much can you just can do, just do it just do it and I didn't realize how critical it was for me to really understand and create a process and then be able to hand that process off to some someone yeah. and so I think that's a really important thing for so many solopreneurs to really keep in mind is that you know so we're often just yearning to be able to take things off our plates yeah. but the more that we're really able to establish and identify those repeatable processes and, and get them documented to some degree, yeah. you know, even if it's a loom video where you just record yourself doing the thing, yeah. um, and then being able to share that and having really clear expectations, you know, that your VA, there, it's not their job to come up with strategy. You, that's your job, yeah. but they're going to execute. And, and instead of just thinking, oh, I'll just hand this over to someone and they'll just kind of run with it, yeah, exactly. So that's that's definitely been a lesson that's as well. Great.
0: How how did you kind of come about figuring out, okay, where's that value and how do I establish what I believe is, is the correct value for this this service that I'm providing?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple pieces that one is, again, where it feels like this very intangible thing and we sort of talk about vision, but at the end of it, we really, we do have that document in our hands. So gotcha. we, we do have that, you know, some people call it a deliverable, whatever yeah. the kind of, the word is for it. We, we absolutely want to make sure that that at the end, we, and this is even for somebody if they're doing vision DIY. At the end, gotcha. you want to okay. make sure that you have something in your hand so that you can literally take it to the Xerox machine and you can Xerox it and you can give it to somebody, especially ah. if your company's growing rapidly. Yeah. Otherwise, the vision becomes a game of verbal telephone, and <laughs> we, all, we all know what happens with that. Yes. So, and I've worked with companies where, um, you know, then I'll work with my designer and they're stunning, beautiful, and then they become things that they share with their clients and they share with in their interview process and gotcha. they share. Um, with their other stakeholders and their business and their investors. and So the vision itself absolutely is something that you want to have. And then when we work backwards and create the plan to get there, that's also that other sort of tangible piece. Gotcha. And the recalibration along the way and the systematic way that we do that. At the same time, like you said, it's not uh, as tangible as some other services or something that people, a lot of times I meet people and they're like, I've never heard of someone who does what you do. Yeah. Um, or in the way that you do it. You know, maybe I've yep. heard of somebody who like leads a really stuffy meeting and locks people in a boardroom <laughs> and serves a really boring lunch and then they leave and charge a bunch of money, but this is, this is different. Yeah. So part of my, again, part of my vision is that my compensation reflects my value. Gotcha. And so that has always been a guiding light for me is that at different levels of my business that was for really me to understand. So if I'm doing this workshop or I'm bringing in this session to a team and the impact that it's gonna have, not just today, but the ripple effects, what that's gonna create for this team, or the impact of that on the business, um, and really thinking backwards from there. Gotcha. And you know, I always think too, a company sort of, in order for them to get the most out of visioning, for them to sort of be at the right spot, I have to trust that that investment will actually be nothing compared to the ROI because they're just missing the cohesion. Like, they need to have such a stellar executive team for me to trust that they're going to do their vision justice. Gotcha. I want to make sure that my clients I I we go through that process and then I don't want to you know head out until our next 90-day check-in and then they forget about it. You know, that's yeah. there that, that isn't it's not a fit at all. So it has to be that that group that I can really trust in sort of that idea of one of these CEOs was saying, you look, we're all running at 3,000 miles in vaguely the same direction but yeah. with no specific destination and and no checkpoints along the way. Yeah. And so if we, through the visioning process, we put all those things in place, and then I gotta know that that's gonna set them on fire. I have gotcha. to be able to, to trust that in the team, yeah. if that makes sense.
0: So for somebody who's looking to do that, um, and whether it's whether it's this specific type of business, but, but any service, how do you recommend they figure that out? Like, for a lot of business owners, they, they'll, again, especially if it's not, I mean, I can, if I'm selling, I don't know, bikes, I can go find out the manufacturing cost of the bike, figure out, okay, what's my return on investment gotta be. Um, but especially when you, when, before you even have a team and you don't really, you're not worried about salaries per se. Right. How do you, how did you figure out kind of where does that value proposition come in? Like, what do I base this on?
1: So at the beginning, when when I had my first client in Spain, um, I I had reached out to this company and, and I was, i really fascinated in, cuisine and foods from different places. So I originally, originally reached to them because they were a, a business that focused on that. And I had looked on their website and they host culinary tours and I saw their room and board for a couple of weeks and what that cost. And then when I got in touch with them, they said, you know, we'd love to have you come do something, help, you know, intern something, but we, we are at a crossroads in our business, we really don't know what direction we're going, you know, and I said to them, that's perfect, I can help you with your vision, I can help you clarify that, and well look at that, my fee is exactly the same as two weeks room and board. You know, obviously I had no fee, I, I just kind of made up. So that was my starting point, and then, when I got back to the US, um, you know, and I started working with clients there, I had many of them say, this is way too cheap, Oh wow. This is way too cheap for one of these. I had a client in Australia who said we got we went through the process. I was in Australia and he said this is way too cheap. I know you're not somebody who is going to Change your prices after the fact and say, "Oh, you think so? Well, give me some more." So he he and his wife treated me to a weekend on this island, wow, in Australia, just just as like a thing. I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" (laughs) But he was saying, "Don't try to get more of these. Like, you just need to charge what you're actually worth. You know, don't don't depend on other people, other clients, throwing in something extra. You really need to charge, um, what this is worth because of the impact that it has for them in in literally every facet of their lives." Wow. So. From there, it was just sort of, you know, working with what was comfortable. I think yeah. when I work with other folks and you know mentor other people who are at different levels in their career, at the end of the day, you can look at what everyone else is doing. You can have people tell you, but you have to feel confident. And yeah. I never, I never was somebody who went on their websites and looked at what a competitor like I just that's just so not what I was going to base it on. So yeah. it has risen as I've also seen from those early years when I was just starting out to now yeah. where I've seen you know over eight years of the results and being able to know what, what can happen That's great. when a visionary is really ready to dive in.
0: Yeah, well, and you talk a lot about future. So when you and I get back together in five years or two years, whatever you've set kind of as that future, what do you see as the future of, of True North?
1: So part of again my vision is to have more of that global impact, and okay. because my my vision isn't to scale through having you know a headquarters somewhere and a bunch of people who I've trained that gotcha. just has never been part of it, um, I launched a a beta test of my workshop, but in an online course form, ah, and okay. it was incredible it was just so 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 incredible to see people again from all over the world coming together in this sort of like a virtual visionary cohort oh, going wow. through the process together and we did it over the process of six weeks so i am at the point now where i'm going to be really sort of launching that um, okay. after the beta i made a lot of changes to it and i just had so many projects that i was working on yeah. that now it's the time for me to really nice. dive in so uh, it, come June 1st, 2022, the, that will be in place. I'll be doing those virtual visionary cohorts. Cool. And then they'll be, if I think of that as kind of the bottom of the pyramid in, in the sense <laughs> that it's kind of that base layer, that foundation, yeah. the biggest layer, gotcha. and then allowing me to have that global impact and scale in a different way, where I can't be in all those places at once, but people can log into their platform and they can access all the resources and then ah. access me for, throughout the six-week program. Yeah. And then you know the next layer is really going into organizations that are really invested in the leadership and development of their teams and going in to do workshops, to go in and and do those sort of mini retreats for their teams. The next layer on top of that is, you know, uh, organizations who want to bring me into the visioning process and that's that's a really small number because it has to be such 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 a solid fit because we're gonna i mean it's a long-term relationship so it's got to be an amazing fit i you know maybe work with maybe for a year okay and then for and then the the next level is those individual leaders who i work with one-on-one very very intensely and again that's that smaller number as well
0: wow nice well you definitely got a full plate yeah (laughs) so before we wrap up um if somebody is looking to partner with you, whether it's the, the virtual versions, whether it's in person, how do they find you? Where do they connect? How do they get the process started?
1: Yeah, so I have a private Facebook group called The Visionary Decision Maker. Okay. And again, just you know, helps people connect the dots between the clearer you are on where you're headed, the better decisions you can make today and gotcha. that goes for you and you know everyone else, if it's a vision for your organization, we want that vision to be an absolute decision-making tool for everyone. Gotcha. So the Visionary Decision Maker, totally free private Facebook group, that's a great place to come okay. um, and anyone can access that and I do Facebook Lives in there and you, you live Q&A nice. and all that good stuff um, and then the other Place they can find me is you know I have my Facebook business page. I'm on Instagram. On, I'm on LinkedIn. Gotcha. Just as you know, Lois Weinblatt and um, all the social handles are at True North Visionaries.
0: Okay, and perfect. then my email
1: is just Lois at True North Visionaries, and that'll come directly to me. Perfect,
0: so. awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It, it I, I find I always find this very very interesting. Um, to, our, to the credit of our president and CEO Brian, very much a, a vision, mission, values kind of, kind of leader. Um, so we're lucky enough to go through this. But I know there's, there's a lot of companies, businesses, even individuals who, who haven't had that opportunity. So hopefully they'll be able to connect with you and, and, and do so in the future. But thank you for taking the time to talk to me and to talk to the listeners.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I hope yeah. it was helpful for everyone.
0: Absolutely. And thank you to the listeners at Take Talks Business. We'll catch you on the next episode.